0: You are listening to the
1: Don't Think, Act podcast with Ed Ismail.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Think, Act podcast. In this episode, I speak with Brian J. Twiddy about being inspired by a screen legend, how he's been able to work in the arts for most of his life and how working with puppets got him cast in an iconic 80s film.
1: Brian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, it's lovely to have you here, and I think, I think... I want to be really, really comfortable with your lovely, soothing tone that you have. You have a wonderful voice, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to how that's being used. Um,
0: well, that's great. That's great. Until I start coughing because I've had a chest cold for a while now. I'm oh no! It. Oh, I'm so, I'm <laughs> sorry. I know, I know. So it stops one uh, recording and things for for a little bit anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, if you need to take some time to cough, you just no. I've got a, I've up got a nice, dr-
0: nice
1: drink here. Okay. Good. Nice vitamin C. <laughs> We're here to discuss um your acting journey and because it's a journey we need to start at the beginning so brian okay where were you born i
0: was born in the south down uh, of this country in um chatham, Kent, chatham. down there so yeah and uh, i moved from there well i didn't the family did um to portsmouth so really it's a sort of a uh, a journey between the two and and one thing about that is um I became extremely interested in Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason, reason being, he was born in Portsmouth and moved to Chatham. So <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was my connection with him. So uh, from then, that sort of started a, a, a journey of interest. Uh,
1: and where do you live now, Brian?
0: I live uh, in Nantwich in Cheshire. Right. A little, okay. a little Elizabethan market town. Um, a bit smaller than Chester, but very similar.
1: And that's, that's almost the opposite end of the country, isn't it? Pretty much.
0: Yeah, but kind of. It's just not far from Liverpool,
1: between but, Liverpool and Manchester. Yeah. And um, what was it like um, where you grew up, when you started? Uh,
3: well,
0: it was very
1: de- uh, it was odd because I was um,
0: born into a military family, a naval family. And so we were traveling about, really. It was um, a dad's job. We meant we had to live in in, um, service quarters here and married quarters there and all that sort of thing. And then um, at the age of six or seven, uh, he announced we were going to live in Singapore for a bit. Wow! So so we went over there for a a few years. Uh, lived there. So I grew up a lot in Singapore. Um, it was lovely. You know, mucking about in the sunshine and the rain. It was fabulous.
1: So yeah. Um, Did you? Does that mean you lived in like um, like uh, um, a sort of? I don't want to say military base. That's not the right. Well, yes, it was. It was. It was sort of
0: married quarters. I mean, uh, the thing about that time, we're talking, um, nineteen sixty, really, um. At that time, it was a big RAF presence in Singapore um, and a small naval presence. So everything really was geared around the RAF people. But where we were was a little village in the jungle, um, not far from place Changi.
1: How aware were you of this massive change leaving um, your home country behind. And- oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. it was great. Oh, I was just so excited. Uh, we, we were bursting
0: with excitement about it. Wow, <laughs> we're going to Singapore. What, Singapore? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going there. <laughs> you know, it was, it was all that. It was, yeah. So, so um, yes, yeah, so it was all. It was sold to us by our parents as this fantastic opportunity, and it was going to be great. And, and, yeah, we bought right into it. It was fabulous. Me and my brother. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fantastic.
1: And so what what age were you when you returned to the UK?
0: Um, eight or nine, I think, something like that. So, oh right, we were okay. there for uh, two or three years. We were
1: there? So did you pick up? Did you pick up another language in Singapore? Or? No, okay. <laughs> no. I think I learned two words. I think that's all I managed,
0: <laughs> um, which I think were pig a ruma," which means "go home." So, I mean, that was, <laughs> I think that, that, was, that was. I think that wasn't said
1: to you by a native. <laughs>
0: No, 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 <laughs> no. Was, I think it was taught to me by a native. But, <laughs> uh, but no, we used to play with the, the, the native kids as well, you know, and all that sort of thing. So, Amazing. I no, had, had a great time over there doing that. But let's um, so we came back to Portsmouth and uh, lived just outside Portsmouth for a while, a um, place called Waterlooville. Um, and I went off to naval school, um, but I didn't last long there. It was a boarding school. And right. uh, I was I was there for about a year, and then I came away, and uh, went to school back in Portsmouth. Yeah, right. Yep, and took all my um, O levels and A levels there, and failed them all. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then the parents, of course, thought, "Oh my goodness! Oh no, no, no! Uh, what's he going to do? He's failed all his exams, you know, everything like that." So um, dad, being navy, had uh, connections with um, a naval run hotel in portsmouth and so got me in there as a chef so i started an apprenticeship
1: as a chef when did acting first come to you
0: well the, the first thing was a fancy dress competition oh brilliant i know it was at uh in south sea which is the, the the coastal part of portsmouth if you like um and it was this thing and we dad sort of chatted, uh, and we came up with this costume, and it was pre-Roll Paris, I may, uh, uh, hasten to add, <laughs> uh, and, and it was a three-legged man, okay. so, and it was, all, it was all about politics, you know, uh, lib, lab, con, get in, step, and all that sort of thing, oh, okay. so, and that was it, so I had this big raincoat on and the three legs. And there uh, was all these other people there, dressed as on their cereal packets and whatever um, that sort of stuff. And uh, then it was my turn. I came forward was introduced to the audience. And uh, and then the, the compare, whoever it was that time, said, "Well, you've got three a's. Can you walk?" So I said, "Yeah, I can walk." Uh, <laughs> so I walked across the stage, and the audience were falling about, and and I absolutely loved it. So um, so that was my first introduction, as it were, to being on
1: the stage. So yeah. So I guess so yeah. the, that, the elements of that were quite performic for you do, you. do you feel or like you naturally felt you were putting on a performance as you were? Asking? I was just having I was just having a laugh, having fun, yeah. just get, getting up there and doing that. But it was
0: the reaction of the audience, and I thought, oh yeah, this is great. I love this. Uh, want more, you know, and all that sort of thing. But um, I didn't get any more for a very long time. <laughs> but but um, yeah, so I mean, that was that was that. So no, I never never did anything.
1: At school or anything like that, with uh, right, with drama or such, nothing. No. So, so how how long was it until you thought that um, acting was something that you could that you wanted to do?
3: Well,
0: um, I think it was kind of when I'd left school, and um, I was working in this uh, hotel kitchen doing that sort of thing, and I loved uh, being in the kitchen and it was something that i could do and i was good at and i was relaxed and just being myself in the kitchen i didn't have to pretend or anything it was great and uh, i'd walk around singing and i'd sing to the customers and i'd sing to the other chefs and you know do a bit of juggling here and there we were allowed a couple of pints of beer a day as it were as a sort of a, a perk of the job um but um yeah so i was kind of doing that and then i went to the pictures. And I saw, I don't know, what was it? Um, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, yeah. Sydney, Sydney Poitier. And it was him. It was his fault. Because mm. I thought, I want to do that. I want to be that. My parents sort of said, you know, what is it you want to do? And so I said, well, that, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, and they didn't take me seriously at all with that. So, um, anyway, um, joined an amateur theatre in London um you, it, i don't think it's still there it maybe still there i know it burnt down at one point whether it was rebuilt or not it was uh, the unity theater at uh king's cross mm-hmm. it was um it was one of these theaters that was built um or became popular certainly in the 30s and 40s with the socialist movement and socialist theater and all that sort of thing and it was all part of that and they had uh, they were putting on plays of course but um they had a woman there whose name was tess gorringe She was, uh, she had this idea that she wanted to help people become actors in the theatre. And so she set up evening classes at the theatre. So we did once or twice a week at the theatre
1: doing acting classes. So would you be working towards a show or would you be doing something different? Would you be looking at different techniques each week? Well, initially it was techniques. Yeah.
0: Um, It was techniques with voice and movement and all that sort of thing. but then at the end of the course which lasted about a year or so um, we put on uh, congreve um uh, oh, oh, oh i forgot the name of it now the big famous congreve play ah anyway yes <laughs> we did that but um yeah with um mirabelle and millicent and um well those kind of people i can't I forget the title of the plays which is a bit odd but this is age for you, Cease. So what happened?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm sure listeners will be screaming the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll make it a quiz, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I know the last, the last line of it is,
0: uh, to each deceiver to his cost may find that marriage frauds too often found in kind. But, now.
1: <laughs> Your is not all that bad, then, is it? If You can remember the last line.
0: Well, no, I remember the last line. The only reason I can remember the last line is because um, we did three performances of it, I think, and on one of the performances, I forgot the last line. So
1: <laughs> so it kind of stuck. So, yeah. Well, I think, I imagine that I'm going to, there's going to be a variety of answers to the, to, um, to the following question, but, I mean, you certainly started off with, I mean, Sidney Poitier, what a great, Person to inspire, oh, you I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, and when he was,
0: When he was working with Rod Steiger, um, yeah, in the Heat of the Night, the of the night uh, uh, and Rod yeah. Steiger, Rod Steiger. Oh, I mean, he was just amazing, Rod Steiger. But yeah, there. I do. I remembered the name of the play. I don't know whether I should say it now. Yeah, I think you should.
1: <laughs> the Way of the World. The Way of the World. Brilliant. The way of the World. Yeah, William Congreve. Everyone, look it up. Think of Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What piece of and you might have already you might have already answered this but what piece of acting on stage or screen that, that you've seen like really blew you away
3: on stage it was
0: richard ii um when the shakespeare company were at the alderwich i'd never seen shakespeare Hmm. I'd studied Shakespeare at school for the you know exams and all that sort of thing, and I'd read it aloud and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, but then one day uh, I thought, I'll go and see some. It's Shakespeare. All right. It's going to be boring, but I want to see it done. You know, <laughs> so I went to the Old Witch and um, it was Richard II, and it was uh, Ian Richardson and Richard Johnson. And they were swapping parts so one night one would play the king one would play henry Bolingbroke, and vice versa the next night they'd switch uh but did that and i was just absolutely mesmerized this was just unbelievable Mm -hmm. it just completely blew my mind um uh, watching them at the always doing this live in front of me on stage I, i oh anyway Yes, so that to me was it. That was theatre. That was fantastic.
1: And it, and it wasn't uh, a single, it wasn't one performer, it was the entire ensemble. It
0: was the, it was the yeah. show. It was the whole thing. It was being in the theatre, the smell of the theatre, listening to the crowd, the reaction to the actors on stage, watching them with their timing and their humour, making things out of this dry play, these dry words, that actually lived and breathed and made you laugh. It was just fantastic. Mm. Uh, no, I absolutely loved it.
1: So, yeah. and, and is that what, yeah. I mean, are you a lover of Shakespeare because of that experience? Um, or did it get you into, did, yes. did you want to yes, watch more Shakespeare? Was, well,
0: no, I, I've done quite a lot of Shakespeare since. Um, but uh, no, I think that one um, was an absolute stunning thing for me. Um, well, I'll tell you another one uh, that was of a similar ilk was I went to watch, um the ballet do Romeo and Juliet. Amazing. And it, it tell you, I could not believe it, the power of that show. But just because it was Shakespeare, uh, you know, the, the irrelevant, it was watching the Royal Ballet do that yeah. show. But uh, that was the thing. But, no, I, I love Shakespeare stuff, and I think it's brilliant. And I've looked at Shakespeare and found out a lot about Shakespeare and his life and all that sort of thing. And uh, just what an amazing guy he was to do all yeah. that. Brilliant. Without the without the time, no thought of any longevity at all of his work. It was done and gone. You know, yeah. he didn't know he didn't know about the success it was going to have or the longevity it was going to have, anything like that. So he just did it, and that was that. I mean, all right, he was rich and famous during his lifetime. <laughs> uh, okay, so he got something out of it. But um, but yeah,
1: well now, but I mean, this is the thing about art, isn't it? It lasts forever. So you mm. know it's um it's well, yes. no, no one remembers who the king was when these great artists were alive but everyone remembers the artist you know? well that's
0: right but, but also that the, the art itself the play itself it's of itself and then it's gone I mean all right it's written in a book it's pages and stuff but the actual play when it comes alive you're seeing it and then it's gone you've seen it it's happened you were present as it happened yeah. then. You know, and and it will never be the same again. And and that was that was that. So yeah, I mean it's one of the things I love about theatre.
1: I was just gonna say I think you've summed up the power of theatre there and mm. impact and it's this joint mm. communal um this you know, this gathering like because it's it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk recently in the media about audiences and um some audiences audience, audience behaviour. Uh, um, in theatres and mm. how that's changed. And when you think, like, uh, you know, I think that's why it's quite frustrating when, if you've got a, an audience member that, I don't know, is looking at their phone or some people talk through shows or it, stick along with the it, things, it, du- it, the time,
0: it, but it, it, it is difficult. But is that not part of the actor's job to grab them? to get their attention, you know, get them off the phone. Um, I'm talking to you, you know, this is for you. Th- that kind of an impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of uh, keeping audiences' attention, but I mean, I-, I think there's also, you have to meet them, you have to meet us halfway as well as, as oh, audiences. Yes. audience. to give us the sort of, uh, as actors and the performers, the sort of, uh, the, the respect that, you know, hours have gone into creating what's hopefully going to be a really um wonderful magical and escaping experience Mm. Mm. um i mean it's it's a 50 50 thing isn't it i mean you can't have a play
0: without an audience Uh, (laughs) you know you're kind of an audience uh, there's no play it's you know it's it's a a symbiotic relationship yeah but but they both have to put in but you're right you know um with these modern devices and all that are
1: distracting from it yeah yeah it's like people don't really sit in it's it's uh, yeah. I've noticed. I mean, I've worked in theaters uh, for many years, um, and a lot of that time is working front house and being an usher, and, and 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 just noticing like people don't really sit in this moment of escapism. It's like as soon as there's an interval, you see all these lights come on. I don't mean the house lights. I mean everyone's, I everyone gets their phone out. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. You know, it's expensive yeah. to go to the theater. Like it's mm. not cheap. So this is a treat. I would imagine. If you're with family, like that's a huge ordeal. You have to travel to places mm. to, to to see theatre. Um, you might have come from a town further away. So you know, there's a lot of um a lot of your own money's going into it. And I just feel like you don't savour like being in yeah. I don't know, it's not like a sacred space. Um, maybe that's too <laughs> well, no it is absolute... it, it
0: absolutely it, no it absolutely is because it's it takes it's supposed to be there it takes you out of this world mm. into a different world into a, a separate world somewhere where you know and, and all, i mean i was at um, a show um last week um it's in fact it was um, my son's first performance yeah. oh, school class. i know and, and it was but what really really upset me was right at the beginning um, one of the teachers doing the announcements announced, um, so would everybody with their mobile phones please turn them to silent? And I thought, no, switch them off, yeah. get rid, put them away, yeah. don't put them on silent. But there you are. And I thought, oh, come on, start right, Start do it properly. And then, of course, people had their phones on and you're looking at lights here and there and you just, that's all. But anyway, but yeah, no, he did very well.
1: So, in, in regards to where you prefer to act, Brian, where would that would that be on stage? Would it be on screen? What I love is
0: um, it, it's not a particular media, but it's working with a group of people. Mm. For the a collaboration. Period. Yeah, it's for a period. You get to know that group. You're part of a group. You're part of something that you can all create together. I mean, I love being on the stage. I mean, the the pressure, the tension, uh, the live, uh, you knowness ness of it, uh, and all that sort of thing. But also film. There's uh, its own challenges and its own connections. But uh, but it's really the group. It's really the the working together uh, mm. as a, a a commune sort of thing. Mm. Um, getting to know, and you have to think about. Theatre and film, of course, as you well know, that when you're cast in something or you go and start, you have to make instant connections with people. Yeah, you can't just sort of, you know, think, "Oh, I don't don't like them very much. I want to stay away." You can't do that. You just got to get in there, and you've got to get to know people mm. straight away. You've got to be open to all that, and and that's what makes a a, a great show, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100 um, percent. Yeah, collaboration. I mean, I learned. I le- I think I sort of really learned how to collaborate mostly at uni because I did a like a device theatre course. Um I basically rolled around on the floor for three years and they gave me a degree. Um <laughs> but that's that's where I really, really did learn to work with people. Um mm. and by that I mean just also having to overcome challenges that people bring because we've all got our own set of ideas, we've all got different levels of ego. Um and um, really learning to compromise for the sake of storytelling, to get into mm, the best it out is. Of story and learning it is, it is.
0: to. Yeah, it's learning to all tell the same story, isn't it? Yeah. You
1: know, uh, all
0: different parts of it and all that sort of thing. But I'll tell you what, I was on, on tour um, with a company that I did a number of tours for. And I'll tell you what I absolutely loved. And that was getting to the theatre. Mm-hmm. And you walk into the theatre and you stand on the stage and it's empty. There's nothing there. There's nothing, nobody in the theatre. And you just stand there and you breathe. I mean, oh, God, That is just fabulous. It's just, you know, this is home. Really. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's wonderful. So as far
1: as that's concerned, I do love being on stage here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Do you, do you have any, I know we've mentioned, uh... Our friend Sydney. But do you have any act, acting inspirations? Inspirations <laughs> I don't know really. Um
0: Uh not in, in the modern times. I I can't say I do. I mean I mean there's so many great actors. Uh but I, I couldn't really name one that stands out so much more than others. Not really. You don't have Um, to name one. You can name as many. No. uh, Well, no, I I don't think I want to name any, to be honest. Um, (laughs) But but it's just... No, but it's not not anybody in particular. It's just watching a great performance, you know, and and being drawn into that performance. And that's what I find inspirational, you know, and, and... and sometimes it's downright depressing uh, you know you think my goodness how good are they how can i ever do that you know that sort of thing and is this what i'm aspiring to i mean that's the reverse of the coin but so, um, so
1: if you see a good acting performance do you uh, would it be fair to say then you maybe you find it more intimidating than you would do inspiring is it is it Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. On, oh, on, on,
0: a, on a second, on a second glance, yeah, like a film or something like that, you watch it, and of course you absorb into it. So you're yeah. not criticism, you're not critical. You suspended your disbelief, and you're, you're in there with them. You're doing, but then afterwards you look at it, you think, "Wow, that was fantastic." You know, and you go back over it, then you can look at it, then you can be uh, critical or tear it apart or look at the good bits and all that sort of thing. But mm. something like that, no, I do find it sometimes intimidating, yeah. No, so,
1: yeah, I do you know what now, now. that I've asked you that question, it's made me think that I've had that thought. Like, I've watched a, I've watched a film, I've watched someone, and I thought, oh, I'm never, I'm never going to be back. <laughs> 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 How am I going to get back? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, mm. that's, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that, that is true. There is an element of that, isn't there? There's no, there's mm. Almost, mm. Uh, it can be quite into the day, too. Um, mm do you learn from watching people i mean i mean you can learn it anyway can't you you can learn sort of what not to do um well yes sometimes. there is that i mean it's
0: as it's, it's as valuable to watch a bad performance as it is a good performance yeah I agree you know, that, that, uh, you know even more so um, with all that sort of thing so yeah yeah it is it's uh, sometimes i think that about going to see a show you know do i want to go to the theater if i watch a great show then I'm going to wish I was in it, and how good are they? But what's a bad show? I think, oh, you know, well, why are they doing that? Why, why have they got the job? You know. And you think, mm. so it's... Um, it's so, so true. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. So, but anyway, that's... Uh, but that's the problem these days, isn't it? Getting a job, and that's the difficulty. It's, yeah. Um, be- becoming seen now to do it. So we all have to do these um, side hustles, as it seems to be called these days.
1: Yeah, one thing I'd like to ask is, um, which I think yeah, I'll be asking everyone, is how how does one manage, how does one keep bread on the table and mm. still make time for creativity? What's it, what is it that you do, Brian? It is difficult. It really is. Um,
0: but, say, so yeah, I'm a bit long in the tooth now, so I, I, I've been there quite a long time. But I've been very fortunate in that most of my life, I have been involved in the creative arts. Mm. Um, I haven't had to go outside um, too much. Um, the reason for that is, I think, having done quite a lot of work working in uh, young people's theatre, uh, working for uh, the Parasol and um, Polka Theatre and various other people, um, <clears throat> I learned what a play is. Mm. And then um, when I met my wife, Yvonne, um, she's a, an actress as well and we thought, let's start a theatre company, as so yeah. many people do yeah. um, uh, but the thing about her is, she's a really really good organiser and instead of just saying, oh let's do this and won't it be fun and all that sort of stuff we actually did it you know, uh, and it was thanks to um, the Prince's Trust uh, King Charles as he is now um we applied and we got a grant, and not only did we get a grant, but we got a mentor, and the mentor was an accountant. And when we were st- talking to her about what we were going to do, what we are going to do this, we're going to do that, and she would stop. But how are you going to make money? <laughs> how is this going to earn you a living? You know, and it was oh, right then. Well, we'll have to do this. We we'll have to do that. so. We did that we set up what we called drama fun and this was during school holidays we'd hire uh, uh, a home a um like um a tudor house or one of these national trust places we'd have a room in there and we put advertisements all over the lamp posts in the local area and get kids to come along and spend a day with us um Making costumes out of newspapers or um, improvising or, or doing some dramatic activity or painting, making paper aeroplanes or whatever it was, you know. And we'd spend the day with the kids doing all this. And so we'd earn a living during the summer like that. And then come school term time again, we'd go back into schools doing workshops. Um, and we, we enjoy history, so we do history workshops. Um, so we did that. Um, and that kind of developed a bit into um plays a uh, a company um they're a, really a, a sales company a telesales company but they deal exclusively with theater companies so they sort of bring schools and book theater companies in um they said to us well, we don't do workshops can you do a play hmm. So we said, yeah, of course we can do a play absolutely yeah you know how difficult is that so um then we sort of started this process um got it all booked, and they were booking schools in, and all that sort of thing. And we sort of looked at it as well. What place we do? I don't know. We don't want to do one, don't want to do panto because I don't want to do panto in schools. So there's enough of that. Yeah, he's behind you, she's behind you, all that sort of thing. So, have a, a, a new place, something that will work for them. So, yeah, who's going to write it? I don't write. She doesn't write. Well, one of us has got to. <laughs> and so that's how we started writing. um so uh, it was, we took elements from the workshops that we did, the performance part of that, put it together and made a play out of it and then started writing plays. And we've been doing that ever since. company's been there for 30 years
1: now. That's amazing, Brian. That's it amazing. is amazing, <laughs> yes. 30 years ago, I said, I'm not doing children's theatre anymore. That's the end of it. Was that the first time you started doing writing? Or had you written before?
0: I had written before I had actually written a one man show about Charles Dickens, and I mentioned him earlier about uh, Charles Dickens. Um, and I did that uh, along with a friend of mine. He'd written a one man show about something or other himself, a half hour length. Um, and I did one. I said, Oh, you know, I'll support you. I'll do something. I thought, Well, I'll do something about Charles Dickens. But then everybody does Charles Dickens doing readings of his books. So I thought, well I won't do that. I'll do his early life. So um so I did that. So we did a half an hour show about that interval. And then my mate did a half hour show. Um and we did it in amateur theatre. Written, performed, action complete. And that was the first thing that I wrote. So hmm. um but yeah. There we
1: and go. how did, how did it go? What was the response?
0: Uh,
1: mixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. make, it was at least a yeah mixed yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but yes, that was uh, that was the first thing, and um yes, yeah, so, and that was that was how it got into writing, really, is having to um having arm twisted to to do it really, because I was going to you know, say,
1: there, I, I guess that motivates you a little bit different when you've got to keep the lights on. um yeah, well, well, it, it wasn't just keeping the lights on, we had a deadline, we had bookings, yeah, so, <laughs> but no
0: script, so um we had to do that. but then my wife. Went off to Spain with her sister for a fortnight and left <laughs> me to it. <laughs> so when I come back, you'll have the script ready, won't you? <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it worked. It worked. So, um, and since then, I think um, we expanded. We did, did uh, primary schools with that, with uh, a two-hander show, um, and then that sort of built, and we we uh, started doing secondary schools and uh, adapting Shakespeare's and the classics that they were doing for their exams, you know, Mice and Men, um, those sorts of things. And um, But we had to adapt it for four people. So mm. we had to rewrite rewrite them so that, you know, we could do done with four people. Um, but then Mr. Balls, the um, well-known, much-loved politician, um, decided that SATs in schools should be scrapped when he was mm. Education Minister. And so then 90% of our business flew out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. that put an end to the secondary schools, really. And right. So after that, we just continued with the primary schools. Yeah, and I think we've written written about 25, 27 plays or something like that that we've that's done. That's incredible. That we do. I know, I know. It's. Um, <laughs> I did the first one for this telesales company. I thought that was it. We've written a play and now <laughs> we'll never perform it. Okay, that's it. Don't have to do it again. We've done it no they wanted another one the next year and another one and another one. right okay mm. but i found it quite difficult at times um but, uh, but yeah i managed it between us i mean i'd write it and it's only just been, it. you've
1: just been the two of you this whole time
0: yep that's fantastic yep. and then well lately you know the last oh i suppose 10 years or so we've started employing other people to do the plays. yeah um, to perform them because I don't want to go touring anymore. So um, you know, we we do that. We get two people in a church hall, give them a van and a set, rehearse them for a week and <laughs> off they go.
1: So uh, You make it sound so simple. <laughs> that was, that was... I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Give them a van in and a play. <laughs> yeah, that's it,
0: yeah. And in the background, of course, I'm making all the sets and exactly. doing the <laughs> and, and the costumes and all these you know, all those other bits. But um no, we're sort of in the rehearsal room and suddenly says, you know, um, can I have a box that will fit into this gap here? Yeah, right. OK, off we go. <laughs> Run back to the garage, make this box, bring it back, put it. There you go. Oh, aren't you amazing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's, uh, yeah. So, uh, well,
1: yeah, I think you're great. Right. Oh, uh, uh, thank you very much. <laughs>
0: And we're back. There we go. Yeah, I didn't even mention puppets and things like that. I'm not talking about that. So, so.
1: You're welcome to talk so, about puppets if you want to talk about it. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's not like me, that's all. So, Brian, uh, puppets.
0: Yeah, puppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> puppets, yes, yes. they become a big
3: part of your life?
0: Well, I'll tell you, tell you about puppets. Um, Please. It started with my dad. Uh, as I said, he was naval, but um, he was also an amateur magician so uh, he, had, he had this act that he did and he said to me early on when i started um sort of acting he said uh, what you do is specialize um you know what about doing some magic or some puppets or some singing or something And i thought oh, puppets that's good how do you do puppets what's and i thought immediately sooty and sweet punch and judy you know okay puppets so i thought well and at that time there was a puppet festival in london um it kind of happens every 10 years or so um i don't know if it still happens but it did then and this is when all international puppet companies all swamped london and every single theater space was taken with somebody doing a puppet show and they were amazing and they were so diverse um there was an individual called Bruce Schwartz who's just stunning uh, he did one little puppet on a spotlight and it was only that big and he used his hands and it was just moving it uh, and doing the dialogue and wow and then there was a full blown um production musical production of the good soldier shrek uh which is you know, loads of people, loads of puppets and, and all going on. And I thought, well, this is amazing. And a Japanese version of um, Macbeth. And they were doing this thing with puppets and flags. And and then there was um, Ray De Silva's uh, production. In uh, He's from Norwich. Um Did a couple of things. And I saw those things. And I thought, hey, now I could actually do that one. You know, and he did uh, George and the Dragon, um, which was absolutely stunning. And it was all on the floor it wasn't behind a set the actual there was a castle and that was the set and george appeared there and the dragon was the moat and it came up and it oh it's amazing and he also did Pete and the wolf with various different kinds of puppets he used rod puppets and shadow puppets and string puppets uh all within this same production and it was just captivating so um so puppets stayed with me um there was a dutch company called triangle as well and that that was Almost a horror show. Right. Um, Again, it was individuals, but it was stunning. And it was almost very small and very slow motion and very just beautiful, but horrific at the same time. Um, But uh, so I went home, I thought, all right, puppets, how do you do? All right, I've seen all that. So um, I created a Punch and Judy and started doing a bit of that around um, friends. And then I got this audition with polka for being a wizard or something and i went and did the audition i uh, didn't get the part but a few weeks later they rang up and said um, can you do puppets i said yeah of course i can do puppets but during the for years you know of course i can do puppets I said oh i got a marionette thing can you come for an audition next week um just, you know as wind in the willows just show us um some work with puppets and i thought yeah fine absolutely no problem put the phone down thought oh, you know, how do you do puppets how do you do ma- what? what's a marionette <laughs> um right so so uh it's just it's that actor's thing about can you ride a horse you know of course i can and all that sort of stuff so i rang around actually a few um people in manchester and there was a chap there who had uh a marionette theater and i rang him i told him what i'd done and he said oh well, come on over and we'll have a play so um i went over to his theater wow. it was actually his it's actually his house and you walk in and the walls were lined with marionettes um and so it, it, there was a room in there um that we we went in and we picked up a few puppets and he showed me a few things and we did uh, did some work with marionettes and at the end of the day he said yeah you'll be all right you get your that's fine so um i went down to uh, to London to Polka and yes I got the job and then the first day of rehearsals I was introduced to the rest of the cast as this expert marionettist on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> your first um, job yes, yes. I just only, just, only just learned how to do it you, know, you, were, that, you were that
1: good well, the, the,
0: obviously the audition was, but, uh, but um, you know, yeah. But anyway, I went in there, and um, the, but these these guys that I was working with, there, they are class puppeteers, mm. and I learned so much from them. Um, you know, they've worked on a lot of the big films, and working preacher Workshop now, and, and various other places. Um, but yeah, so um, so I learned that, and so from then, um, I've used puppets a lot. in uh, in the work that we do so yes so there you go that's puppets
1: well we can't talk about puppets and not mention the iconic film that you were involved in well yes um um labyrinth yes
0: Uh, that's right yeah no i was in that you're right and it was as a result of that job ultimately because from Mm. that job uh, initially i worked uh, some more with that theater company um and those people had other connections. And one of those connections was Labyrinth needed extra people. Yeah. So, uh, so of course, knowing that group of people along I went. And uh, I was taken on to work in Labyrinth. So I was one of the puppeteers on that. So doing various bits and pieces around the place, you know, and all sorts of things with the puppets. There was um, a big thing, the most amazing thing about it, was popping the little funny things was um david bowie standing in this well essentially it was an aircraft hangar um built and the set built inside it yeah and uh, his song or him singing this song in this place at full volume which was just absolutely amazing and he was just there you know you could touch him uh, yeah. and that's that sort of stuff so um i know i walked past him one morning and said hello um he didn't answer but that's um i've had a conversation with <laughs> david bowie you know
3: so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know best friend <laughs>
0: but
1: you know but, but so um, how, yeah. how's that experience because the 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 previous puppeteering work um if i'm right was done for stage is that was that yes that is exactly. right that's so absolutely right. How did it differ doing it for the screen? Or did it not? Very,
0: very different. Oh, you know, absolutely. It was so differently because um, the thing that I did on stage um, was called sort of service or marionettes, um, which means that you have short string marionettes and you walk beside them. So uh, in one of the shows, as I mentioned, Wind of the Willows before, um, which starts off uh, as some picnickers uh, dressed in their striped blazers and boaters um discovering these animals and they pick them up and they assist them in telling their story see i'm moving my hands around like a marionette now oh, but exactly. uh, no, <laughs> they assist these characters in telling their story and you take on that character mm. as you're assisting them but you are a separate character reflecting on what they're doing with the others as well so you've got a you know you're playing two different characters but the the character is there with you and you're sort of you know moving it around and flinging it on the film it's completely the opposite you're in a tiny little cramped space (laughs) can hardly move and your puppet is is visible obviously you've got a little monitor so you can see what's going on uh, from the camera's point of view uh, and so you can hide but you're cramped and uh, it's yeah it's very different
1: so, so you would have a monitor much like a director would have a monitor to look at to see what well, you know the same color yes, colour, yes. Like, same that's street. right yes wow yeah, absolutely yeah i mean you know um sesame
0: street yes um the character big bird yes Yes. Well, the actor within that costume had a monitor within that costume. Oh, of course. Yeah, that, that explains well, actually. <laughs> so, so you can see, you, you've got to be able to see what's going on, because, I mean, yeah. if your your elbow's showing or something like that, you've got to be able to keep yourself wow. away, you know, let them see what they need to see um, uh, uh, to
1: create the illusion. And
0: that's, that's the big difference of it, really, you know. Um, plus, you get to do it again if you get it wrong. So... <laughs>
1: But, and you get to be in the same space as David Bowie.
0: Well, yes, that's absolutely right. Yes. Yeah, I did uh, one of the, the spitting image ones as well um, on the TV thing, but that was with a similar group, the same group of people. But then after that, I moved away from London, so I moved away from that group kind of thing
1: and the immediacy yeah. of all that, those connections. Um, yeah, so... Slight, slightly more serious, but a P word, um, a pandemic. How did the COVID yeah. pandemic affect you creatively? Creatively, I have never worked so much in my life.
0: Really? um, During the pandemic. Absolutely right. Yes. Mm. Um, Audiobooks. Now, uh, I thought that's a good idea. So uh, I thought I'd have a go at that. So I started off and I went on to the um, ACX, uh, which is the Amazon's uh, website for um, doing that sort of work. And um, I managed to secure a book to read. And so I went up in a spare bedroom and put a load of cushions around and all that sort of thing. And I had a go at that. And uh, then after I'd done it, I realized I'd done it completely wrong. And I had to meet all these parameters that ACX, but, uh, the, you know, so many megahertz and this little bandwidth and all, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, so I had to adjust all the thing and sort that all out. But I did all that and then sent that off. And uh, that was the first one. But then after that, I thought, well, look, let's make this a little better, shall we? And so I started making it better. And in the end, what I did was I've I've got a a garage, which is attached to the house. And I sort of put a wall down the middle of that. And that's where I am now. Um, I sort of put a wall, created this room. And I've got some of these uh, things around the wall, these foam pads and curtaining and sound absorbent things um, all around. I mean, the room's not soundproof, but it is sound absorbent. So it gives me a reasonable uh, voice. So during pandemic... I had these audio books, and I kept getting those to do. So I spent most of the time in, in this little
1: room in the pandemic. So, uh, and can you talk us through briefly, sort of how the process works of getting selected to be able to do an audio book? Because quite yeah, absolutely. It's it's exactly the same as any other kind of work. You do an audition. Yeah. What
0: you do um, on the on the website? There's a list of all the books um, that authors want people to read. And what you put in, in the search engine, is you put in, well, I put in, I am um, English, English accent, um, I've got a, uh, I don't know what kind of voice, relaxed voice, if you like, um, I want, I don't want, I want books the, that yeah, are, the voice. yeah, I want <laughs> books that are in English, that require um, an ordinary British accent, not not any specific, and all that sort of thing, and then so many books come up, and what you do is you read the synopsis of the book. Mm. um and then if you want to you think you're interested in that book okay you click on the little button and it gives you the audition speech and so you read the audition speech you record that and post it so the author gets to hear it and then the author will email you and say oh yes I'd like you to do the book and so you say okay so you click the right box on the website and then you're off then you get uh, however long it is I know uh, 8 weeks 12 weeks however long the book is to record it and send it off you have to do a 15 minute bit first uh so you do the 15 minute bit or the first chapter or whatever it is uh you send it off and the author yep that's okay or this pronunciation's wrong and i'd like it said like that or or whatever they want to say um and then um off you go and you read the book and it takes that amount of time and you send it off
1: and that's it (laughs) so uh, you have to do see it's not it's not as simple as just recording the words that you you have to really um with the sound the, the the quality you you do
0: you do you have to set up i mean i've got um uh, a sound uh, software on the computer and it's called um oh god what's it called forget what it's called it's a free one
3: not it's audacity free. is
0: it that's the one that's the one audacity yeah well it's audacity it's the latest version of audacity um and it's a free one and it's got all the tools on there and it's even got a button on it um for an ACX check, which is ACX is the website, uh, so that it meets you press that button and you can check whether you meet all the parameters. Oh wow. It's gotta it, I know. Well, you've got to set it all up. So you've got the right um normalize the dialogue. So the average dialogue is a certain volume and um then you've got to you can't have too many peaks um and that sort of thing on it. So you've got to keep those down to the right size. Um and you can clear out any clicks and you know Odd noises that happen, and you can you know, get rid of all those um and then yes uh, then you do you check whether it meets the parameters it's got to be so many decibels and so many this and that um but it tells you all on the website what it's got to be, and then as i say you you send it in and then they um either okay it or don't <laughs> but um and there you go and the way I do it it doesn't make a lot of money to be honest. what you do is a uh, split royalty with the author right um so if you get a best-selling author well great but if you get somebody who's just written a book and is hoping it will sell you're not going to sell many you're not going to sell many so you're not going to make a lot of money but it it's good it's interesting it keeps me busy and i think overall i've done what eight now um and uh, i think on average it's in dollars um i make about thirty dollars a month insane
1: going, going, going back to your your love for the collaboration of a project this is yeah. the, this is completely opposite that this is absolutely isolating it, it, it is isolating yeah. that, does that make it more challenging Have you got no well, one it does
0: it kind of does um but then on the other hand i've got nobody to turn around and say to me oh didn't think that was very good <laughs> You know, uh, or anything like that. No criticism or anything. I'm I'm in my own head. I've got these. I read read this passage, and I've got these characters, and I can do my own silly voices. I can do whatever I like, and all Mm. that sort of thing. Uh, If the author doesn't like it, well, that's fine. Okay, uh, choose somebody else. But you can do that. You can do any characters. I mean, I've done one or two. Um, There was a series called Archers of the Heathland, which is about the Hundred Years' War and a band of archers going around. You know um and uh there were various characters and irishman and there was a welsh girl in it and, and things like that um so you have to try and do those things honestly yeah overboard with it but you, you've got to <laughs> try and some sort of i mean I, i'm not a welsh girl so so <laughs> uh, uh, so you just do a lighter voice and a hint of an accent, uh, right. and, and you do that. But uh, I did one or two pronunciations and things like that, and he said, "Oh, well, I like that better. Do do it that way." And, and so you have a collaboration. Um, but that author he's, uh, he lives in America, and uh, he's written seven books in that series. I've done three of them for him. So fantastic! So that will, you be, will you be doing the rest? Yeah. No, no, no. He's, he's done them already. Oh, uh, awesome. they are done. He, he did. I think he did four um and then i auditioned for it and uh, he let me have number five six and seven so um uh, so yeah. yeah so uh, yeah and there's another one a zombie book that somebody's done i've done um two of them and he's written another one he's in the middle of writing another one he wants me to do the last one so we'll see see what happens with that one so but it's good but the thing about collaboration yeah it's it is so different and that's one of the problems that i found with running our theater company. Mm. The Children's Theatre Company, because there were two of us, we never met anybody else apart from the schools, you know, the, yeah. the, the audience, uh, and, and that was it. So you are completely isolated, but you don't meet anybody else. You don't form relationships with any other yeah. actors. The only time you meet actors doing this is when we do rehearsals and somebody else is, is working with us, and then we can chat with them, work yeah. with them. And that's great. What part
1: of acting do you love?
3: i love the uh, i love the rehearsals i, I
0: think that's fantastic
3: mm. um rehearsals um
0: and then after the rehearsal because i mean rehearsals you're playing aren't you um i hate learning words and therefore I try and get that out of the way as quickly as possible um but then it's fun doing the rehearsals but the the other bit is when you hit that watershed moment, um, when you're doing your show, you play, the first mm, four or five performances, you, you've got the lines in your head, you're going. You are concentrating on getting the lines. But there comes a time, there comes a certain performance. I don't know how many shows in it is or how long it is, but you don't have to think anymore about the words. They're there. Yeah. And, and from then on, then you can start playing again. So it's, it's those two moments, really, the beginning and that part of it. And that part of it is when it can so easily go wrong <laughs> because you're not thinking anymore about the words. You're thinking about what you're doing, what the other people are you're doing and all that sort of thing and reacting.
1: So, um, yeah. So, but what part of acting do you not love? Oh, trying to get a job. Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just horrendous. Um, the audition thing going along, and you've got two minutes or five minutes in front of somebody to convince them that you're the one that they want. Best since bread and butter, and and, and it, I hate it, hate it. Self tapes, ugh. So it's um, there you go. I, I do much better talking to somebody than I do on a self tape. So I, I don't like it. It's got to be done, but they will.
1: How do you deal with rejection? Um um badly to be honest yeah. um uh you know i get
0: very depressed um and i just have to try and distract myself to do something else and and say all these cliches to myself you know oh it doesn't matter it's the performance you went there you did this and all that sort of thing it's all part of the process and, mm. <laughs> and eventually i believe it but um it is depressing uh, and y- y- you think, oh God, what did I do wrong in that audition? What didn't I do right? Why did I fail? And it's not about failure. It really, really isn't about failure. Mm. But it feels it feels like it. Um, yeah. And, and and yeah, rejection and failure are not things that we we
1: do well with. Well, I don't. I don't do well with.
3: No. But it's
1: yeah, it's, so. it's yeah. It's odd. I I I think it's for some. You know. It's very, it's very dismissive. I think when, even, even myself, like I feel, it's something I've got used to, like Mm. over the years. Like I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm fine with it now. But, but that doesn't. I don't think people should be fine with it. I think you're right to feel however you feel, and um, it is so. I know uh, yeah, you have all difficult. those questions go through your head after well once you find out you've, you've not got it but i mean it's it's also when you work out the numbers you know of how many yeah. people are being seen yeah. for, for a role you know when yeah. you for, for, for even like a page worth of a, a, a one page scene or one page of dialogue in a film is this, you know the starting point is hundreds of actors they're looking through mm. like it's very- oh, thousands yeah. you know but i mean uh,
0: the thing about that is uh, the the horrible thing about it is with these auditions the harder you try the less chance you've got of getting the job yeah you know, you, you've really got to be just in that character and do your thing and just mm. pretend well I, i've been listening to people on instagram little clips of a-listers saying this sort of thing you've got to just Do the thing. The thing is the performance. You are getting a chance to perform in this sort of in front of this person. So live for that. Do that. Don't worry about any jobs or anything in their in their future. Just that's your job. And and they're right.
1: I think it's (laughs) yeah, and it's important to stick to your interpretation. Like make make a decision. Don't I think don't make any acting choices from the point of view as well. What are they looking for? They're probably going to be looking no that. That, that's something you're, I think you're never going to get right. Yeah. I, you can't. How can no. you? I think you, you know, just have to offer them something a bit different, to be honest.
0: Because what you're doing, if you're doing that, is you're reading somebody's mind who's trying to read somebody else's mind. <laughs> and It's impossible. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's impossible. So a casting yeah. director who's trying to see what the director wants, and, and, and you're trying to find what the casting director wants. Yeah, and, that's, and it's yeah. all, you know no you can't do it so you just have to be yourself and do your thing um
1: and just hope or don't hope just do it just do your thing i've never thought um, about uh, it like that the the reading of no. the someone that read that's a wonderful um wonderful uh, uh, well,
0: um,
1: no, no. So, uh, no. And do you have a funny or cringe-worthy audition story for?
0: well not really um <laughs> there's a couple of auditions that i've been to uh which i was absolutely and completely wrong for i don't know if you've ever seen are you being served oh yes uh, but back in the day that was um, and there was the character who was extraordinarily camp all the time saying i'm free yeah yeah well i had to go and audition as that uh, character um on a on a west end stage it's not me. <laughs> it really isn't, you know, understanding. I knew it wasn't me. <laughs> I thought, What am I doing here? But, you know, there's that. And uh, another one I went for was as a children's entertainer on a cruise or something. And they wanted um, you to go with your party trick, I suppose, you know, your your phone. Right. And, and I went in there with um, loads of musical instruments. So, I say loads, over three or four. Uh, some juggling balls, um, and all sorts of paraphernalia. And my audition was: Look, I can't juggle. Look, <laughs> I proceeded to not juggle. <laughs> I, said, like, I can't. I, I can't play the guitar. Look. No, I couldn't play, <laughs> this. and I can't do this, and I can't do that, <laughs> and anyway, so there you go. You know,
1: so we you, had a laugh together. You were trying to Tommy Cooper your way into this job, weren't you? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> except it wasn't that funny. But yeah, <laughs> so um,
0: no, that's um, yeah, <laughs> but um, no, there you go. That's that's it. Really, I just don't don't like auditions at all. So I try to get away with them as quickly as possible.
1: Do you have any? Um... Preparation rituals before you do a scene on, on the screen or before you go on stage, or are you superstitious in any way? Some um,
0: um, yeah, I am superstitious, but uh, it's never the same thing twice, really. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, so it, it's a different. At least
1: you're consistent. Alone.
0: Yes, I am consistent in being inconsistent. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. The one thing I'm superstitious about, and and it's nothing I have any control about, and it's magpies. So, uh, but anyway, um, if I see one magpie, then it sets. Oh no, it's going to be one of those days.
1: You know that sort of thing. Oh, really? Um, so if you, if you were to see one well on the way to, uh, I don't know, audition or, or creative.
0: Yeah, it doesn't affect but, anything except for my mindset. And wow. I suddenly, so, I suddenly go down, think, "Oh no!" And and then, I'm, mm. but if I say two, oh, it's great. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be a wonderful day. <laughs> so it's mad, but there you go. So, uh, but superstitious in that way, not really. Not not. I don't have any lucky pants or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, it's no, no, I don't do that. But no, but the thing is though. Um, and you don't get a lot of time these days. But the only thing that, that I really do try for auditions is just to be prepared. Um, yes. Yeah. That's all. Just to make sure that you're prepared. And prepared in so much as y- y- you know your lines, you know what you're supposed to do, but also prepared in case it all goes wrong. You know? Uh, and how, how, and how does one prepare for that? Well, improvisation. Oh, I see. Work in in the moment. You know, something's gone, something's gone wrong. Do something with it. it. Don't just collapse. Don't just fall apart. Go do something. I don't know, you
1: know, sing a nursery rhyme, anything, just, uh, just just something. Taking the situation and and turning it into a positive regardless of what. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. If it all goes wrong, you know, I mean, all right, you've got it wrong. You're probably not going to get the job. So what's wrong? Have a laugh. Do do something. Yeah. Um, You know, and you never know you see they may think oh now that's an odd sort of character i wonder what they could do with this or or anything who knows but but if you if you just finish up and oh sorry i forgot i I can't uh, um can i can i do it again that mm -mm. yeah it's all it's all a bit so but just you know do something i was listening to somebody was talking about um rep theater and he was saying oh was was it michael kane um so when he first did rep theater he was told to do that do something positive because mm. um, when he was coming on stage one day then uh, the door stuck and he had to come in through the chimney or something like that one of those things and the the main actor on stage at the time had a word with him afterwards and said look make it into something if it's a comedy play make it funny coming in through the chimney uh. you know if it's a tragedy make it sad make it do something with it. Don't just say, oh, it's a
1: mistake, everybody, because they don't know. So, you know, it's and it's such a simple resolution when you look at it like that, isn't it? But don't you think an actor's ego kicks in and goes, oh, no, everyone thinks I'm shit. Everyone thinks I'm messing this up. Everyone, you know, I'm not good enough. It's this terror.
0: Yeah. Fear fear of failure. And and that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Fear of failure. You you can't fail. Just, yeah, go with it. Go with it. Yeah. I remember I remember once I I don't know what happened, but I was doing um a play, uh, Pinocchio. And I was the greatest Romboli. Um there's another half to that, but I won't say. Um and I had to come on stage and I was dressed in this great big fat stomach, and a big nose and a beard and all that sort of stuff. Um and I had clogs on. And I had to put this silk blue silk for a river and doing this sort of thing for the river. And as I came on stage, I tripped and I do not for the life of me know how I did it, but I did a somersault and I landed and I landed on my feet. It must've been adrenaline something. Hmm. And then, and I stood there and the audience just, they just applauded. And so I took a bow and the other guys, you know, and then carried on with the show. And you think, okay, I'd be Stromboli. He has done this, not you. Get on with it. You know, um, so it, it, no, I don't know how I did it,
1: but, uh, but I did it. So it is my younger days, of course. Again, this might come into this. So what, what do you know now that you'd wish you'd <laughs> known when you started?
0: That some things may seem huge undertakings but they're not they're done by people you're a person you can do it too you know uh, it, it's um, i mean the, the, the books for instance i mean uh, doing those audio books it's a long job but these people that i'm doing the audio books for have written these books and i always thought writing a book is a massive undertaking how on earth do you do that? This is, this is, you know, a lifetime. I can't do that. It's too big. But you can, and <laughs> you, you really can. And it's not such a massive undertaking when you actually get to it. It yeah. just depends on depends on how you think about it. If you think you can't do it, think it's a great big brick wall, it's impossible. Well, then it is. But don't see it like that. See it as if it's something else, Uh, I don't know what, what else you might think it is, but but see
1: what else it is. And you've just written written a book yourself, haven't you, Brian? Yes, do you like
0: the way way I segued into that? I thought it was beautiful. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. And and that's really where I've learned this from, because I thought doing that was um, too difficult for an ordinary person to do. But as it turned out, it wasn't. Um, and it's amazing, yeah, I mean, the thing about that was um just doing it a bit at a time, um starting small and, and it grew and and that's the way that worked, but yeah, yeah, so um and for your uh, avid listeners, it's called blessing, <laughs> and it's for pre order opening uh, released on the first of September
1: fantastic, well, and I'll put a description of it, and I'll link it in the mm. in the podcast notes mm. so What's what's something you'd like to achieve in acting that you haven't yet?
3: You...
0: It's a really hard thing that, hmm. but it is validation. I mean, From it's, who? It's, I don't know uh, somebody, anybody. Um, no, not anybody. Just an audience, really. Uh, hmm or peers or something just to be able to do something that i can point at and say that's me i did that you know and have somebody else know about it yeah it's just that i I don't know if that's a very egotistical thing to to want or um, to say or anything like that but just really a little bit of recognition that's all Mm -hmm. for the work that you do that yeah. that i've done you know that's that's what i really look for i don't know that there's a bit of that in all of us actually you know you're looking for that is that why we do this job in the first place but uh, i don't know i don't know absolutely but there's all sorts there's all sorts you know i'd love i, I can't sing but i'd love to have a voice and be able to sing a song and, and release records and that sort of thing or um, you know, any of the the creative things just to to do something that, uh but there you go i have the gifts i
1: have or don't have
0: and make the best of them
1: well brian you've had you know a, a very career in the arts you've done lots of things and i think i i feel you've done them very well and um if you're looking for validation, Brian, I'll validate. <laughs> um, I validate. <think> <laughs> Thank you
0: very much, Ed. Thank you so much. Yes, No, But, but that, that, that is the one thing that I have got that I have been able to sustain, or we have been able to sustain ourselves through working in the business, and and, and that's it. And for for thirty years, we haven't had to take any other jobs, you know, and uh, it supported us. So there you go. And we've got some creativity out of it. We've written some plays and various things. So that's good. Yeah. And as you say, now we've been published.
1: So what more can you ask for? Who, know- who knows what's going to come next? Well, thanks. Thanks so much, Brian. I'm going to end with ra- some rapid-fire questions. If we can put it in. in. Right. Time around there. Some rapid-fire okay, questions. Got, go on then. Um, yeah. In, in, this is inspired by the uh, great French interview of Bernard Pivot who then inspired my favourite interviewer, James Lipton, from inside the Actors Studio. So um, here we go. What is your right. favourite word? Uh, peace. I don't know. Yes, peace. There you go. What is your least favourite word? Uh, anger. I suppose the opposite. Um, yeah. What turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally?
3: That turns me on? How... <sighs> Just inspiration, just a sudden
0: light bulb, a flash. I I don't don't know. And what
1: turns you off? Somebody else forcing their ideas on you, Mm. on me. What is your favourite swear word? Bollocks. (laughs) I knew it was going to be that, I don't
3: know why. Um,
1: But what sound or noise do you love?
0: Sound or noise? I would absolutely adore
1: and love the bass guitar. Mm. Love it. Great answer. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. What sound or noise do you think? Screech! <laughs> Screech! <laughs> Somebody not knowing how to play the violin, yet doing so relentlessly. What profession other than your own would you like to attend? Uh, I was a chef. That I like. Mm. I'd do that. And what profession would you not like to do? Oh, sitting in an office, running a company or uh, something like that. Business. And your last question, Brian. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, son. Do you want another go? ha, ha, ha. Brian, thank you so much. This has been <laughs> generally so wonderful and so lovely. It's
0: yeah. been brilliant talking to you, Ed. This is fantastic. You've done so well. You're a brilliant interviewer. I, I love it. Oh, thank you. Right. No, I hope Thanks for the validation. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It's really good. I hope this podcast gets everything it deserves. It's really good. Really good. Well
2: done. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much, guest.
2: Mm. Thank you so much, Brian, for that wonderful chat. I think he was a wonderful guest and um, he's just the loveliest person. I think what I can take away from that is that if there's something you want to do, you've just got to take the first step to get on and do it. You know, um, things always seem harder than they are, but, you know, the more they stay in your head, <laughs> then that's only as far as they're going to get. So... um A bit like the video I released the other week on the Instagram was just to take that first step. If there's something you need to do, take the first step to go and do it. And then you're on your way (laughs) Then you're doing it. And um, and you will get there. Um, There's a link to Brian's book in the show notes. And um, yeah, you know, check out his book. I'm certainly going to be ordering my copy. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Stay creative, everybody.